In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth and live the faith and change our modern world today, live on The Voice of Charity. Happy Easter and welcome back to another week here on the Catholic Toolbox. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Thank you for tuning in here live on the Voice of Charity radio network as we work together to find practical solutions to live our Catholic faith in our modern world today. And also a happy feast day of St. George, my patron saint. I love St. George and great devotion. And we are joined by a special guest and a good friend of mine, John Larkin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, George. Great to be here. Yeah. Wonderful to be here. How many years has it been uh, since we actually came in contact and became friends? I think it was about four years ago. I can't remember the can't remember the first instance, but I remember about four years. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I think it was a retreat up in Kenthurst. That might have been was the one. Was it years after yeah. I graduated in high school in 2012? That's true. I was yeah. absolutely yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I think I was one of the youngest people there. Uh, I think you told me at the time that I was the youngest person who actually took a retreat up in. The Kento Centre, where I think uh, Pope Benedict was it Pope Benedict. That's right. Pope Benedict stayed there for um, World Youth Day a few years before that. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful! Absolutely wonderful. So Pope Benedict stayed there. Yeah, I, I, I think I remember seeing the actual image of him kneeling. I think was it in that kneeling near the chapel? That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember one of the guys was telling me he said it was quite. Uh, it was quite a funny, funny occasion because it was one night when they were there and he heard footsteps above and yeah. thought, oh, well, someone's obviously not sleeping well. And then he realised <laughs> it was actually the Holy Father wasn't sleeping well. And it just suddenly, only, only at that moment it dawned on him yeah. that the Holy Father was actually staying there. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's absolutely amazing. I mean, if there's somebody that wouldn't be sleeping well before uh, World Youth Day, would be the Pope himself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. especially if he, he had everything planned and laid out for him. That's absolutely amazing. And this week we are discussing... A great and very important topic of the sanctification of work. Now, remembering when we began here at the Catholic Toolbox, uh, we spoke about the Church's call of the universal call to holiness, that the Second Vatican Council, I think, um, called all laity during a time in which society was changing drastically. We entered the industrial era, the technological era, um, that we were all called, it wasn't just the religious, the priests and people in the secluded villages in the world. It was everybody called to holiness, especially in the ordinary circumstances of daily life. I think, uh, was it yeah. Lumen Gentium? Lumen yeah. Gentium, yeah. yeah. And all those two ones, Lumen Gentium, also Guardium et Spes. And it was quite a, a revelation at the time because I think people, it wasn't a new teaching. I think it was just a teaching that had always been there, but people had, by and large, I think, forgotten and 
I think it was just a reminder that our original vocation. So it was always was, there, essentially. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. universal call to holiness. I mean, yeah. everybody through since our Lord established the church two thousand years ago was called to holiness and sanctity. Exactly. But they exactly. just never understood it in that way of uh, how we now sort of uh, understand the call to how we actually gain holiness in our social situation today. It's very different from 2,000 years ago, the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, the... um, the um, the different areas of the church. I mean, yeah. we we are called, especially here at the Catholic Toolbox. We work with everybody, all our listeners, and I meet with great people like yourself and everybody else. And um, I spend a great deal of time with people like John and everybody that is in the world and is at the forefront of finding holiness in the ordinary circumstances of their daily life. And that is why we now. I think it's time to open the toolbox Fantastic. of the church. Yeah, All right. exactly. So the first is the uh, paragraph 33 from Lumen Gentium, which is the dogmatic constitution of the church. And I quote, Now the lady are called in a special way to make the church present and operative in those places and circumstances where only through them can it become the salt of the earth. Thus every layman in virtue of the, the very gifts bestowed upon him is at the same time a witness and a living instrument of the mission of the church itself, according to the measure of Christ's bestowal. Close quote. That's absolutely important words that we're all called to holiness. Everybody, not just a priest, not a religious, not um, they're called holiness too, surely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I think it's interesting when you mentioned before just uh, about the, the history of the church. And it's interesting when you look at the first, basically, 400 years of the church, yep. and I think now we have an impression that um, you, ah, to, to become holy, you've got to leave the world. Exactly. As in, yeah. And we have a deep deep love for the religious, for the nuns, the the, the brothers, etc. But the, for the first four centuries of the church's history, it mm. was people through their ordinary everyday work, and you read some of the letters of the Father, and they just, from the letters of the Fathers, and they just describe how its Christians were. They were known by being unremarkable because they worked wow. alongside their fellow citizens and they said, it was interesting, they said one of the things that actually helped the spread of Christianity yeah. was firstly the fact they worked hard. The second thing was their charity. And people, I think in those first few hundred years, there was people now looking at the history was they realised a lot of plagues during that time and they looked yeah. at the way the Christians looked after each other and it was precisely because of that people realised there's something more to Christianity, and the Christians are different from everyone else just because of their charity. Absolutely. So mm. it was just they appeared like everybody else, yeah. but they just simply had hope in what exactly. they did every, in exactly. the ordinary yeah. circumstance. So it was, it was very ordinary from the very beginning. So it mm. wasn't as if they were all monastics or ascetics no, no, no. in the first couple of centuries. I think it was the the first couple of centuries are called the Apostolic Fathers. Is that exactly, correct? Exactly, yeah. And then we go into the... Um, the early church fathers after I think the third century possibly yes, yeah. so the very early church fathers that we have um, yeah, yeah so it's very important that yeah uh, the church calls everybody to seek the salvation of their soul and we spoke a couple of weeks ago before Easter that um, we have to seek the salvation of our soul that's the ultimate goal mm. of the church that's the be all or end all goal of our life and why God God put us here for the average life expectancy absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> on earth. And um, we've entered a new era. How do we actually take, I mean, you read the early church fathers, there are actually mm. some amazing writings, very ascetical writings, 
Um, but how do we actually take now? Now we've entered 2019. The world is moving at such a fast pace. Everybody, we're, we've entered a very professional era. Everybody's, um, there's a great deal of education in the West at least, um, mm. and uh, especially in Sydney, Australia, and for those listening. And I believe it was St. Jose Maria Escrivá. Um, who was St. Jose Maria? Okay, just for those who mightn't be aware, he was a, a, a priest born in Spain. Um, it's pretty much the turn of the century. And then in uh, 1928, he felt like he felt that God was calling him to something. 1928, mm-hmm. he saw a mission. He saw that God had given him a mission. And the mission was precisely to discover the phrase he used before, this universal call to holiness. And at that time in the 1920s, it was unusual mm-hmm. because people yeah. thought, uh, once, as I said before, yeah. you have to leave the world to become a saint. But St. Maria said, no, it's for students, for workers, for people who work from the home, etc. He said their sanctity is not outside the world, but precisely in the middle of the world. And it's interesting. Yeah. Wow, I, I love, that's some yeah. powerful stuff. And he 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 uh, he witnessed a lot of backlash. Absolutely. Yeah. Initially, when he proposed the idea, hey, we're all called to holiness. It's not just um, the priests and um, the clergy, and we don't have to leave the world and become ascetics. Exactly. Which is, uh, if that's your vocation, definitely, mm. yeah, that could be somebody's call, and that's for everybody to discern that. But for most of us, the vast majority of Christians. Uh, we are in the world. We are working. Absolutely. Our jobs, our ordinary yeah. jobs, and um, um, yeah. And it's interesting when you yeah. talk about a, um, the message. And I know Pope Francis yet a, a recently is a um, it was an interview he was giving. He talked about a, a middle class, middle mm-hmm. class saints, or the saints next door. And it was a great expression where people you live with, who you work with, achieving sanctity without doing anything unusual, and yeah. for their workmates. Their family members, they're just normal, doing yep. the normal thing, but becoming holy through that. And I know in the last, I think it's the last 20, 25 years, John Paul II started it, uh, Pope Benedict continued as well, that before when they had beatifications of people with the church recognises mm-hmm. as being saints through a um, the process of beatification, before it was always priests, Religious, etc. But in mm. the last twenty years, it was just a wonderful. They, um, I think it was 1995. It was where the year was I was a, born. Okay, <laughs> we came back away. I'm sorry, <laughs> show my age. Okay, but I, um, but there was a there was a married couple. It was wonderful. A married couple was yeah. it was canonized. Yeah, and the wonderful thing was, their kids were there at the canonization ceremony. Oh wow! So their, their kids That's watched. Mum and dad being declared a saint. Yeah. That's amazing. And St. Jose Maria had some powerful words, I believe. Uh, in He published uh, The Way, the Forge, and the Furrow. Mm. And he founded the prelature of Opus Dei, I think, many years after. Was it many years after his death? His, um, he actually founded the prelature yeah. himself, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it spread you know, in many parts of the world. Yeah, yeah and he said, Jose Maria used to talk a lot about, he used to talk a lot, a lot, of, a lot about work and... I think it was one of, one of the big, um, his big sort of uh, themes was that they uh, kept on referring back to the point in Genesis where he said, uh, work is man's original vocation. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think people forget and even two th- fast forward 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do, you do hear it where people say, oh, I can't wait till Friday or 
they're sort of oh. regretting the fact it's Monday, whatever, yeah. and work. I think for the modern or, people, they see, oh, it's... Or Easter it, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. back to work, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or they can't wait for the One more weekend. day, maybe. <laughs> but I think now people sort of dread work and they dream of, okay, winning the lottery, retiring early, doing whatever. But mm. I think the big message of San Jose Maria was, no, no, it's not work is not a punishment. It's not a drudgery. It's yep. the place where we find God. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so... You actually, you become holy not outside of work, mm-hmm. but through precisely that thing where you spend, I used to say sort of 30, 40 hours a week, but yep. I think it's growing, yeah. <laughs> 50 plus hours a week, yeah, <laughs> the modern man. And, and something about you, I don't think you've ever taken a sick day uh, in how many years? It's been about 25 years. 25 yeah. years, wow. <laughs> That's actually phenomenal. I think yeah, you need a Nobel Prize for okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> it has been tempting. It's been, it's been close. It's been close. <laughs> Yeah, so a task at work, let's say I have a report to do or something mm. uh, to carry out, that task in itself can become holiness. Mm. So if I offer, um, uh, and we'll be speaking about that when we discuss our three famous tools, our three trinity of tools that I like to call, <laughs> the three practical tips uh, here on the Catholic Toolbox that we um, uh, that I, we work to give our listeners and uh they like to call in as well and good, good, good. Uh, give us their tools, what's actually worked for them, because we're about actually taking the teaching of the church and actually finding practical ways in which we can implement it. Good. So the word becomes flesh yeah. in our lives in that sense. So it doesn't become just a simple um, written law like in the Old Testament on tablets. That law is then taken and lived and we become the living, walking embodiments of truth, just as our Lord was. He was the walking, living embodiment of truth. So... Something very important that yeah we do have to really recognise that work is uh, work can become prayer absolutely essentially yeah, yeah. and you gave a, a great example there you talked and I think uh, mm. every 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 profession in every job there's things people don't like to do I think it's I work as a teacher for teachers there's reports for us accountants for those who do not know <laughs> uh, John is a you teach at Redfield, Redfield College, College yeah. which is uh, associated with the parents' uh, pirate. Pirate, yeah. yeah. So it's a school. I think we're uh, about 30 years old now, and the school basically set up by the parents. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was a group of parents who wanted a Catholic education for their children, and they decided to set up a school um, for that. Mm-hmm. And so just so they just you know just to to make sure that the the faith would be taught well within the school. And it's you know it's grown from that from very 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 humble beginnings for about twelve students, yeah. So up to about uh, I think we've got about five hundred now just at, at my school, and uh, and growing bit by bit. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, you're the science coordinator. Look after science and religion. That's science right. and religion, yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, two very important <laughs> sciences themselves. I say Thomas Aquinas said it was the sacred science theology. Exactly. Yeah. And, and contrary to popular opinion, yeah, they do. They are, they're not enemies, they do get along. Science Absolutely. and religion do get along, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, before we take our break, I'd just like to encourage those during our halftime break uh, to call in here on 96256111. That is 96256111. We'll now take our break and come back with the three practical tools on how to live this sanctification of work. See you after the break. I've been running through rain 
that I thought would never end Trying to make it on faith in a struggle against the wind I've seen the dark in the broken places oh, But I know in my soul no matter how bad it gets I'll be alright There's hope in front of me There's a light I still see The storm you finally find Where the hurt and the tears And the pain don't fall behind Welcome back to those listening here on the Catholic Toolbox. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here on the Voice of Charity Radio Network as we work together to find practical solutions to live our Catholic faith. I'm joined by a good friend and teacher at Redfield College, John Larkin. And we're actually discussing a very important um, topic on how to sanctify your work. Sanctification work simply means sanctifying your work. So turning your work into prayer, is that correct? Correct, yeah. We were just discussing that, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's a, a challenging concept for a lot yeah. of people because I think a lot of people think that at you, the only place you can pray is within the chapel or your own mm. quiet space. But uh, so I was talking to someone once and one person told me that he's, he worked as a worked as a cleaner, this particular person, mm-hmm. and he said that um, when he used to clean, he talked to God. When he went to the chapel, he talked to God, and he saw this perfect, 
segue a transition between the two. And I think that's people will sometimes talk about contemplative life, leaving the world, but this man managed to dialogue with our Lord exactly where he was in his workplace just as much as he did uh, in the chapel. And That's I think, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's if people people say that, oh, they say, I find it so hard to find God nowadays. Yeah. I always encourage them. On Monday say, morning. Yeah, on Monday driving morning. Driving to work, walking in, <laughs> making that coffee. I mean, everybody dreads. Uh, how can God be present in in uh, doing secular work? Exactly. Something which has nothing to do with uh, the church or at all it just can't become a divine task and that's what that's what really excited me about this idea of sanctifying your work it's just it's phenomenal mm. where my report or something written in my diary at work can become something that i can offer up for somebody exactly. it can actually become holiness mm. and uh it, it becomes in a sense we unite it to the mass we talked about it, uh weeks ago that the mass of representation sacrifice on calvary it's the source and summit the pinnacle of our faith you're uniting that work to the sacrifice that christ um, merited on the cross so we unite that sacrifice mm. um but it's a it's a whole spirituality that saint jose maria escriva um spanish priest in the mm. what year was it uh so he was born 1902 and he found, yeah, found, founded yeah. opus day 1928 yeah and he used to talk a lot and you mentioned a little thing the report there yeah and one phrase he used to use a lot was he used to talk about the importance of doing little things. And, wow. And sometimes I think we all, we all suffer from this. We all think, ah, oh, I've got to make a difference in the world. I've got to make an impact, mm-hmm. I think, with the, the, yeah. modern, the modern young person. Yeah. And I think, oh, in my job I've got to do something significant to change society. I have to become the uh, prime minister or part of the exactly. cabinet exactly. or yeah. something. Le- yeah, yeah le- leave a mark. but. Saint Asmarin is writing. Said, "No, it's it's not how the world views us, but it's the merit that our tasks, our mm-hmm. jobs, whatever, have in front of our Lord's eyes." Yeah. And he say that uh, someone asked him a question once. It was in a big big gathering, mm-hmm. and it was, a, it was a great question. Someone said, "Oh, who has the most important job?" It was with university students, and they said, "Is it the university professor or the cleaner?" And Santa Hasmaria gave you a... You told me this. Uh, I love this one. Yeah, yeah. He, he gave a great analogy. He said, I said, well, whoever does it with more love of God. And he said, that is the person who does the better job. And it was just a great message, this message of little things done very well. So I could find holiness and get to heaven by sweeping Absolutely. the ground. Absolutely. I think it was uh, uh, somebody... Um, I forgot the name. It was, uh, she said, I'll, I'll go to heaven uh, by sweeping a broom on the back of a broomstick. Mm. So she wasn't even a professional in the world, didn't have a, a secular profession. She was just simply cleaning, doing dishes. And each task, she, she wasn't just simply also peeling potatoes as well. She was growing in holiness. I mean, mm. somebody outside um, uh, could view her as uh, just simply cleaning, doing her duties, um, or somebody could view me at work just doing his work, but God sees it differently. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely yeah. necessary. Yeah, absolutely, that yeah, you're growing in holiness through doing your task well. 
I think uh, the three famous ways that Jose Maria really demonstrated how to sanctify work is by remembering Christ in your work, yeah. doing it for Christ, and speaking of Christ. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But before we get carried away, because this is absolutely, <laughs> it excites me. I mean, we could sit down here for hours. I'm sure our listeners uh, <laughs> uh, would, uh, wouldn't tune in for many hours. I mean, this could be a whole... Um, yeah, this could be a whole year's worth of topic of how to sanctify work, but the three very practical uh, ways or tools that we can actually uh, take this into the world oh. and actually implement living and sanctifying our work. Fantastic. All right. I was trying to think of probably three three mm. practical practical things. Yep. Maybe the first one, first tool could be just a um, an awareness of God's presence at work. And I should expand on this a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes when I use that phrase... So God's present at work. God is present at work, yeah. Yeah, okay, he's there. Yeah, and sometimes people, when they think, ah, oh, if I'm trying to have an awareness of God's presence at work, and they said, that's yep. good, but what about if you need to concentrate on this particular job? And they gave an example of a surgeon who's got to concentrate on what he's doing or a, an electrician who's got to concentrate oh. on what he's doing. And I just uh, explained that... It's when you're on a task, it's for in the professional trade, the doctor, whatever it might be. If you're on a task, your head, your intellect, your focus has to be completely on that task. But I think the idea of God's presence, as you said before, a good mm-hmm. way to put the phrase is having God present within your workplace, which means that as the surgeon... They're going into details. He's doing his particular operation. As the electrician is putting that circuit together, as the professional tradesman is putting that motor together, he is focused totally on that task, but very aware that God's present with him in that task. And I always think, if someone's like that, how well they would do their task. And I always think as a teacher... If you're a teacher, God is watching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to give you an analogy, as, as a teacher, if the headmaster walks into your class, your teaching becomes just a little bit better, <laughs> as, 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 it, as it should. Yeah. But and I think, but if we think, well, not the boss or our manager walks into our place of work, but our Lord is in the, he's in the desk next to us. Yes. He's in the operating theatre. He is watching over, over our shoulder as we're putting the motor together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Whatever, whatever we might be doing, if our Lord's present, our work will change. Yeah. We'll try and do it to the best we can, best of our ability, and we'll try and offer it up. And I always think, uh, so many, so many times when you're working, there's always. I think we're all tempted to do this. The shortcuts. The, uh, the, 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 yeah. the the finish. <laughs> The I'll do it tomorrow, but having that uh, having that sense of our Lord being there mm-hmm. changes our perspective quite well, a lot. I'll do it after the long weekend. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> I'll put this at the bottom of the, the pile. Big, yeah, uh, big, uh, yeah, big temptation. But when your Lord, when our Lord becomes the boss, mm. things change. Exactly. So it's not simply I'm trying to keep my job or get that pay rise. It becomes I'm growing in holiness by doing a better job. I'm actually gaining holiness a greater sense of holiness and this is this is something which transforms the way has transformed san jose maria when he's this is why it really caught fire his message of mm. it wasn't something new the church always believed this but applicable to our day and age mm. where uh we've grown in the industrial era 
and and in the technological age, this is something which um, which really uh, gained great popularity and people started to implement this in their lives and many exactly. people are you yeah. know i'm trying my best in my workplace to really see our lord as our boss and that presence there mm. and uh i'm can't wait and i'm really excited to hear the second uh, okay tool well, the second one we, we our um, listeners and myself especially good, good. well i think i've seen the second we mentioned it in passing before but to const the second tool just to constantly reflect on God's original plan for mankind. And mm-hmm. I always ask, sometimes I teach catechism to young, younger students, and I ask them, what are the three punishments for original sin? And they get usually get two of them. Okay? Yeah. And they say, it's sort of, well, and they say, well, death is obviously a punishment. And they sort of pain during childbirth. But they also, they always get the last one wrong. And they say work was a punishment. And I always have to correct them. And I say, no. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we'll, we'll read through the story of Genesis with them. And you read before the fall, the original sin, mm-hmm. God said to Adam, till the earth to make it fruitful. Yeah. And part of God's original plan for mankind. Before the fall. Before the fall. So it's not simply something. No. Because of our fallen nature, we have no. to work. And, wow. uh, and it was part of the original plan was to work. And... I think so. The second tool is to think, well, work is part of God's creative plan mm-hmm. for mankind. Yep. And I think particularly for those, those of our listeners who maybe work in the manual trades, in the professional trades as I like to call them, and possibly even those who um, stay, um, stay home mums. Oh, uh, absolutely. People working at home um, in whatever, even ordinary trade. It doesn't have to be professional. Yeah. Because a lot of people sometimes think, oh, it's just for those in the professional sphere. Absolutely not. It's any task, not even in your work life. It just simply can be even um, doing those dishes, helping around mum at home, mum or dad, uh, <laughs> taking out that, uh, the laundry, doing those errands, exactly. washing yeah, that dish yeah, at yeah. work that nobody wants to do. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's part, part, of, part of our Lord's plan. And yeah. I was thinking of the... So it's getting a little bit, little bit deep theolo- theologically, but, mm-hmm. but I, um, I think you mentioned there in the housework. This is a great example because it's some of the they talk about the transcendent attributes of God, including beauty, order, simplicity, and those tasks we do that make God's created world more beautiful mm-hmm. or more ordered. We're participating in part of God's creative plan for us, yeah. and so I think of the the. I remember, my mother used to hate the expression "housewife." She always used to say, "Someone who works from home." Yes, these <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so these are these, uh, these uh, women who work, who work from home. And they do amazing home. work. I mean, it's that's fantastic. Yeah. Often the um, the the real work gets done at home, and mm. it gets unseen. I mean, yeah, the unseen work. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Saint Maria was talking about. The roles of mothers in the who who the who work from home, mm-hmm. and he described all the qualities of these mothers. He said most men will manage one profession, yeah, be it accountant, doctor, whatever. But he said the mothers they have to be chefs, full time chefs. They've got to manage the family finances, full time accountants. Okay? <laughs> they've got to be experts at cleaning. Okay? <laughs> they've got to be the doctors when the kids are sick. Okay, so they've yeah. got to do all. These qualities all rolled into one. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, without the pay, that's a, that's the downside. But uh, but you but you realise for 
that work, the work work in the home, the professional trades work, they're creating a more beautiful, a more ordered work. And for them, I think it's much easier for them to see, in a certain sense, how they participate in God's creative power, yep. simply because the work is very visible. The mum who keeps the house clean, the workers who repair, who build, who do whatever, and they say, well, okay, they're creating a better world, transforming the world in a very mm-hmm. visible way. And so, yeah. amazing, yeah. And yeah. let's now go to our third lucky last uh, practical tip or tool for the week. All right, fantastic. The last one, hopefully this might help a little bit, but it was a... Um, Whenever we think of the best example or exemplar for for workers, one figure comes to mind, and obviously that of St. Joseph. And to think in terms of this idea of concept of sanctification of work, mm-hmm. the workshop in Nazareth, and I some, sometimes I find myself in my place of work and reports to do or lessons to plan, whatever, and... The temptation is to leave it, whatever, and you always try and cast my mind back to St. Joseph in the workshop at Nazareth, and would he have left that task? Mm-hmm. Would he have done a second-rate task, etc.? And St. Joseph, possibly the man given the most important role in the universe, yep. to look after the creator of the universe <laughs> and his mother. <laughs> Two very important tasks. That's a job and you want to do well and sanctify. It, yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. and I, and I think to and we all find it hard to try and bring God into our workplace to do our work well. To constantly use this third tool to use Joseph's workshop as a guide, and I suppose a little bit of a um, a segue onto the life of our Lord. And whenever we talk about the life of our Lord, people always talk about the three years of the public life, and Sometimes it can get overlooked a bit as those 30 mm-hmm. years that our Lord spent with Joseph in the workshop. And our Lord, the second person of the Trinity. So our Lord would have, could have been an, a, an apprentice. Absolutely. A carpenter Absolutely. apprentice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And the, the enormous temptation that our Lord, in fact, people sometimes say, oh, would he have ever cut corners or just made a table or sort of clicked his fingers? And I said, no, well, our Lord could have done it, mm-hmm. but he realized, no. He wanted to give us an example of how to work. Exactly. And so, and so now we all do it. I always think of uh, that. I, I always find my, my uh, we always have those tough times. Mm-hmm. I think for the teachers it's after lunch. Yeah. Or three, 3 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. at that time when we fade. <laughs> and there's a temptation to down tools a little bit. And I always think, well, our Lord must have had that constant temptation. Mm-hmm. But to think, yeah. uh, our Lord had the power to create from nothing. But he wanted to go through the means, and so whenever, absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah. he could have clicked his fingers; something would have been created. Exactly. Yeah. It goes back to Genesis. Yeah. Work is not a and carrying out tasks, it, it, even though it can be a challenge, mm. and it can be that's part of the sacrifice. That's part of the uh, I think the challenge of life. Imagine we didn't have to work. Exactly. We yeah. we didn't have to do anything. I mean, life wouldn't be the same as we know it. Mm. So, I mean, it's absolutely these are these are really strong concepts and very practical tools that we can reflect on, take into our uh, workplaces or ordinary circumstances in, in our everyday life. 
And now we will take our break before we go into our Q&A session. I like to always flip it around and say A and Q. A and I Q, like, I like people this. to uh, call in, give their answers. What kind of, uh, we come up with three uh, practical tools, but there are probably so many more that have worked for our listeners. And um, any questions you may have for myself or John, we'll see you after the break. So call in here on 96256111. That is 96256111. We'll see you after the break. I try to hold on to this world with everything I have. But I feel the weight of what it brings And the hurt that tries to grab The many trials that seem to never end His word declares this truth That we will enter in this rest With wonders anew But I hold on to this hope And the promise that He brings There will be Place with no more suffering There will be a day With no more tears No more pain And no more fears There will be a day When the burdens of this place Will be no more We'll see Jesus face to face but until that day, we'll hold on to you always. I know the journey seems so long. You feel you're walking on your own. There has never been a step. But you've walked down all alone Troubled soul, don't lose your heart Cause joy and peace He brings And the beauty that's in store How is the hurt of life sting? But I hold on to this hope And the promise that He brings That there will be a place with no more suffering There will be a day with no more Welcome back to the Catholic Toolbox. I'm your host and founder, George Manassa, here on the Voice of Charity Radio Network as we speak about sanctification at work. Turning your work or any kind of task which has sort of nothing to do, you could even say had nothing to do with the divine, and turning that into holiness, into prayer. And we've now entered our Q&A session. I encourage those who have not called in before, or have called in before in our regulars, to call in on 96256111. That is 96256111. And um, I was actually reflecting this week in a very powerful quote by St. Josemaria Escrivá, was from the Pharaoh in number 488 in one of these texts that he actually published. And that is, heroism at work is found in finishing each task. And he emphasized finishing. That's absolutely powerful that mm -hmm. we, the concept of finishing a task, sometimes we often leave tasks left there and um what's what's so holy about finishing a task well it's it's interesting i think i um i think we're all human nature is what it is mm -hmm. and i think we all find a couple of things easy and some things hard yeah and i think we are it's just probably speaking for most people but i, I find a uh, it's easy to start 
tasks. You've got a, you've yeah. got a particular job, whatever. It's easy to start things, and but it's always that last. It's that last comment mm-hmm. on a report. It's that last little task that quite often will take the most effort. It's like a runner. The last hundred meters. The last hundred meters. It's like a, it's like in a rugby league game. It's the last ten minutes, and I think San Jose realised had a great understanding of human psychology, and he realised that for most people, most of the effort has to go into the last part when we get tired, sometimes bored, a sense of monotony, mm-hmm. and he said that's where our holiness lies in pushing through mm-hmm. right at the end. And then sometimes in a very human way, you sometimes you see. Uh, when you go onto YouTube and you see it's called epic fails where people have lost races in the last ten meters, or oh, well, they've yeah. celebrated too early. I've seen those ones. Yeah, they, yeah, and they um and you see those and you realise ah, oh, if only they'd have pushed through to the end. Yep. And I think we can all do things that are easy, but I think Santa Maria realised with his understanding of nature that it's that effort at the end that can make a task holy, rather than sort of giving in when we feel like ah oh, too hard or leave for tomorrow. Yeah. They're pushing through, yeah. That procrastination, putting exactly. it off. And uh, I think our Lord, this mimics our Lord on Calvary. I mean, he could have given up his, let's say, reflecting on it, he could have given up his soul at any time. Mm. But exactly. he chose to endure to the end uh, till they gave him um, to drink and then he gave up his spirit. He could have given up during the nailing. Mm. Uh, it's always that last, yeah. that very last uh, task that we think we become complacent in ourselves, that human nature, that human psychology that Saint Jose Maria really saw, mm-hmm. and um, especially very applicable to our day and age. And um, Saint Jose Maria really uh, he worked well. Mm. I mean, he always understood something called the uh, what they call the presence of God. Presence of God, yeah. Presence of God, which is that God is always present. You're staying in His presence. So, that sort of that uh, it mimics that same presence or not the same presence in the literal sense but in a similar sense the same presence before the blessed sacrament Mm -hmm. that we're taking continuing sort of that uh not in a physical sense our lord theologically speaking but we continue that same reverence and presence in our ordinary task at your work desk exactly yeah Yeah. so um i was reflecting on something you told me i think was it last year or the year before that your work uh, visiting Blessed Sacrament and visiting our Lord on your work desk is there shouldn't be too much of a transition between. Is that? Uh, yeah, and yeah. I know sometimes people ask us at all, how do you bring our Lord more into the workplace? And sometimes it's, it's wonderful when you see people at their place of work, they'll have a, a picture of their loved one, okay, the wife, the kids, etc. But also to, to a, a human reminder. Mm-hmm. A picture of Our Lady, a small crucifix, and it just helps to refocus. Helps you to keep yeah. keep in, in in front of you what's what's important. And you mentioned before about uh, San Jose Maria. I used to have a uh, at a um, during his workday, he used to have an interesting habit, mm. which I'd find quite challenging. But he never had a watch. He never never used a watch. Wow! And he'd just have all his work was put in front of him, and he'd just work from the start. Till the finish, as soon it was, as soon as that was finished, they'd give him his next lot of work or tell him now you need it here, and it was just there was no sense of now I'd like to do this or now I'd like to do that. Everything was just okay. I start a job, keep on going until mm. it's finished. Yeah, which mimics the order of God. I mean, the Old Testament God revealed His earth to the Old Testament consecutively, 
and our Lord carried out all his um, tasks in order. I mean, now we, our Lord is resurrected from the dead, and um, in today's gospel, I mean, the woman mm-hmm. wanted to, uh, Mary, I think it was Mary Magdalene, wanted to touch his cloak, and he said, I have not yet ascended to my father. So uh, our Lord has respect for order in human nature, like you said mm-hmm. earlier. Amazing? So seeing work and order is um, is part of growing in holiness. Mm. I mean, because even the monastics who live secluded and ascetical lives, not in the world directly in that secular um, sense with where most people are, like us, even they have a great respect for work, uh, ora et labora, as mm. um, they say, work and pray. Work and pray, yeah, yeah. that's true. And always, always, whenever I think about the concept of order, and order... It's a two-edged coin, but I am. Um, mm. And order in the work, but also, and I think for the, the, the modern man in his workplace, but all, also order mm. in finishing work. Finishing and, work. And Number 488 of the furrow. So I encourage those who have not uh, heard of the actual uh, works of St. Maria, you can usually access them here. Uh, and I recommend, I always like to recommend reading here on the Catholic yeah. Toolbox. It's um, the way, the forge, and the furrow. They're the three works of Saint Josebria. You can sometimes get them in like one little set, a book. You can easily look it up and buy it online or from a shop. So, uh, so they're the writings of Saint Josebria. They're just simply reflections. Just reflections. Yeah. yeah some, sometimes people use them for their prayer. And number, you, in a number sequence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you so, might you might only read one or two points, or you might. Go to a chapter where you think, oh, you might sort of be struggling in a particular area of your life, mm. and I think it's very much like reading the uh, reading the Gospels. Sometimes yeah. you'll read a point, but in bullet points. Yeah, in bullet points. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but bite, in a very practical way, bite sized chunks. Yeah, dissected <laughs> and uh, yeah. so uh, the art of Catholic practicality. I mean, uh, uh, really resides with Saint Josemaria. Yeah, and then as I'm saying, sometimes the yeah. points will. You read a point and it won't resonate at all with you. Yeah. Other times you'll open a page and the point will just jump out of the page at you and you realise, I mean, okay, wow, I mean, it's a, yeah, our Lord speaking to us through that particular point. I mean, finishing a task yeah. well. I mean, uh, but he also says 494, by neglecting small details you could work on and on uh, work on and on without rest and yet live life of a, a perfect idler. I mean, mm. wow. Yeah. And I think it's a, um, yeah. Yeah, a, it's a bit of a, a, a transition as well. We're talking about uh, order and the importance of work, and I think sometimes uh, something can afflict the modern man. He's actually well starting work on time, which I think most people tend to love their work, mm-hmm. and they love getting into work early. But I think one big challenge of I wish that was the case for most people. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting more common, more common. Yeah. But I think one of the big uh, challenges I now. We yeah. have a caller now, oh, Mary. Fantastic. Mary, are you there? Sorry, I am here. Yes. Mary, can I ask you, maybe speak a bit louder so we can... Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you now. How are you, Mary? Uh, I'm good, thank you. I just actually want to uh, get some tips from uh, John. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be able to tell me how can we effectively sanctify our work? when we are actually working with difficult people around us? I think uh, that's an absolutely amazing question, uh, Mary. And, okay, uh, thank you. It's a, um, it's a, uh, a 
that's that's I'm the not, challenge I, of that yeah. summary if there's one thing that really summarizes the challenge uh, of being catholics in working mm-hmm. in the in the secular world is actually <laughs> is how do we sanctify work in difficult yeah, people I, especially yeah. in the hostile culture today and that we I, have. I'm, I'm trying a, i'm trying not to smile mary just because as soon as you ask that question I think every single person uh, listening yeah. out of this broadcast immediately thought of someone at work that this question <laughs> applies to. I think so. We're <laughs> or on this broadcast. So, 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 uh, no, so no names, no names. But I, um, and it is, it is a great challenge, a great challenge. And Saint Asmaria used to used to used to say at one point, never say that person annoys me. Say. That person sanctifies me, sanctifies and me. sometimes it can be the boss, sang- it can be one of our peers, one of our colleagues. But I don't think that a workplace exists on the earth where there's not these clashes of personality, ways of being, etc. And one thing that can help a lot is at your workplace when you see. You know, I try, I try, but don't always succeed in this. But I, uh, when you see people in the workplace. To see everyone, every one of your workers, as a son or daughter of God, or alternatively as a brother or sister in Christ, mm-hmm. and when you see them, and you think, well, our Lord died for that person, gave His last drop of blood for that person, and you put them in a very, very different light. What they might have done could still be annoying. <laughs> okay, they still could yeah. be irritating. They didn't get the report in. They sort of said so something. So the soldiers at the foot of Calvary. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but when you see that person through that prism, it you see them in a, a different light. And one of the points Saint Asmaria writes in the way, he talks about ways to sanctify things, and he says uh, mm. that smile for the person we find annoying, and it can be it's a hard one. Yeah. It, and it's. Yeah. I think it's always those things that we find the hardest are the things that bring us closer to our Lord. And a great example, I'm pretty sure it was uh, St. Teresa of Avila in her writings, one of her writings. And there was one of the nuns, I couldn't imagine this in the convent, but anyway, one of the nuns she found particularly irritating. And she made a point of smiling at that particular nun every time she saw her. And later on, that nun, on her deathbed, asked St. Teresa, why did you show me more charity than all the other nuns? And St. Teresa, she sort of didn't feel it towards that sister of hers, but she made an effort. And this can be a, uh, I think if we worked in a workplace where everyone was nice, I don't think those workplaces exist on the planet Earth. But um, yeah, I think really, um, I think if I may interject, I think it's really acknowledging, especially Mary, that when we that we set our expectations uh, correctly that uh, we're supposed to even if it's a good work environment good work culture that mm. uh, there is meant to be those uh, challenges that we because they get uh, that those challenges there where people are actually um, uh, may annoy us here and there mm-hmm. and that uh, I, th- I see it as uh, our Lord's way of testing us by fire. Absolutely. Because really, how are we actually tested if everything flows um, er- uh, smooth and there's no obstacles? Everyone can. It's easier to last during the good times. Mm-hmm. But that's why I like the wedding vows, you know, uh, mm-hmm. during tough times, you know. That's a real test by fire. 
that, you know, how do we respond? Our Lord is watching closer. I always like to reflect personally. How is our Lord, um, our Lord is watching me very closely. How am I actually treating this person? And um, not out of human pride, but I think uh, it's good to pat yourself on the back if you really uh, sort of succeed in smiling, doing those small gestures, because um, it's you're, you're sort of passing a little test of our Lord there you know you might find somebody particularly annoying at work or somebody that's giving that hard task or that little challenge there and um doing uh, doing it with a smile treating them as a child of god so mm. obviously like you said envisioning that they're mm. a child of god which is the reality they are we're all sons and daughters of god and uh, also i'd like to add that uh, our lord is watching and testing us by fire that you know, he's put us, he's put that person there mm-hmm. so that we can grow in holiness. This person yeah. makes me holy. Don't say this person annoys uh, um, me, mortifies yeah. me, he yeah. sanctifies me. Yeah. And it's, it, was a, it was a fantastic question there, Mary. And I think I am. Um, mm. And sometimes it can happen that we, our Lord wants to give us a cross to help us get closer to him, to be the Simon of Cyrene and carry the cross. And I think we all mm. would prefer a different cross from the one that our Lord gives us. Sometimes a cross can be uh, it can be an illness, it can be a family problem, it can be a challenging professional work. Sometimes it can be that annoying person in the cubicle next to us at work, and to, to see that person to think this, and to see that person. And to smile. Good thing my work has two toilets. Yeah. <laughs> and to thank it, to th- thank our Lord and thank our Lord. Thank you for giving me this cross. It was probably not our preferred one. We would have yeah. liked another one. But he he never gives us the one we want. He gives us the one we need. So maybe hopefully that might help a little bit. If you do see that person at work who's challenging, a little bit difficult, to see them as a cross that our Lord has given for you, and he's he only gives us crosses to those who he knows can carry them. So it's a sign of confidence that our Lord has in you. A question I have is actually how do we respond uh, in terms of the difficult people, those who actually oppose the Catholic Church, once they really see that we're trying to live our faith, I'm a Catholic, oh, well, uh, I go to Good Friday liturgy in the long weekend. And uh, I think that's a real struggle that a lot of people will probably be listening to as well, that, you know, how do, you, how do we actually do with a hostile uh, anti-Catholic culture, I, I think almost guaranteed in most secular workplaces? Mm. Yeah, and because most it, people, uh, I think, my experience always have uh, opposition to the church, or they have some kind of grudge that always comes out uh, against the teaching of the church or the Catholic Church. You know, and they, and they went to Catholic school. I mean, I've experienced a lot of people went to Catholic. Uh, I've worked with that went to Catholic school and they've had a bad experience, and um, and especially being a teacher, mm. uh, that uh, a lot of people go through Catholic school. So how do we respond to those people who just have that um, that stigma against the Catholic Church? Yeah, yeah. and I think it's a, it's another very good question. I think mm. by yeah, and by, by the uh, uh, by the lives we lead, the mm. example we give, we will impress people with the faith, yeah. and it's sometimes by what we say, more often by what we don't say, yep. where the charity, the human virtues, the generosity, and when they're sometimes people can be quite hostile to the church, and we listen with patience, with charity, we try and correct if mm-hmm. we if we can if they're, yep. if they're open to it. But I think I always find that 
to listen first. And sometimes people will have a grievance, a hostility towards the church, but it's not bounded on a truth, not bounded on reality. Yeah, it's always but, an experience that they yeah, may have had. Yeah. And, and, and to, to listen to the person. Yeah. To listen to the person, to hear them out, to let them finish speaking, and then maybe with the words, well, have you thought about... Perhaps this may help. Could I possibly explain whatever? It's yeah. always that little follow-up thing at the end exactly. that really yeah, helps. Yeah, you know, yeah. you listen to them; they get their anger out. And I spoke about that many weeks ago. I think in how do I actually evangelize in your workplace, mm. and that was that's a key thing. That yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, many people I was speaking to, especially yourself, um, we can't really bypass that. We have to listen to people. Mm. Uh, what's their grudge? Or oh, maybe no, oh, they didn't enjoy. Catholic school, they didn't really enjoy going to mass, and they didn't really understand what the church taught. Yeah. Well, and then you follow up. How well? How well? Uh, did you know? Well, you can actually access what the church teaches. Mm. On the, I think you can go online. It's something called the Catechism of the Catholic Church dot com. Or, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and it's true. And sometimes, if the work environment is hostile yeah. to people of the faith, eventually it's going to happen where there'll be a, uh, a dissonance in their mind where they'll think, "Oh, I don't like." The Catholic Church, they'll say these things. They don't like the Catholic Church for all these reasons. Mm-hmm. But then they'll look at you and they'll see someone who's cheerful and kind and generous and does their work well. I was abstaining uh, from meat. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and they'll, 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 uh, exactly. And they'll start to. <laughs> During the week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, why do you. Uh... And, and they'll, they'll, start, they'll start to question and think, well, yeah. when they see this dichotomy between what they think mm. and what they see. And usually find, I've heard this many times from different people where they might attack the church and then they know you try and practice your faith, but then when they go through a hard time in their life or they've got their own personal issues, the first person they come to will be the person who has faith because they realise, ah, this guy, okay, I mightn't follow his principles, but at least he's someone, the one person in the workplace who has principles. And... You become a bit of a magnet for people, for with their problems, with their issues, etc. So I always tell the uh, sometimes it's great fun to get into the hostile Facebook type arguments. Yeah. But sometimes the the patience, the kindness, the human virtues mm. can win them over. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely. Also, I've spoken about previously how you actually do your work really impresses mm. um, uh, a lot of people. So I mean, by sanctifying your work and doing your work well and uh, going that extra mile and actually um, uh, bringing holiness into your work actually impresses a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you do a great job, I mean, people, you earn such uh, good respect. Firstly, with our Lord, He's the ultimate boss. Um, and I think we need to be centered on Him in our, um, in our, in our focus. And... Uh, yeah, it's very important. It's very, very powerful stuff how we take, let's say, the Mass, and uh, it's vital. Obviously, mm-hmm. the sacraments are vital. They are the the actual um, way in which God conveys His grace, literally there, physically. Um, and then we take those and actually live them, allow it to become flesh in our lives so that uh, any sacrifice we may make uh, by uh, working with somebody is, is obviously... Uh, it's not a good way to describe it. Maybe not brownie points, but obviously mm. uh, sacrifices that add up uh, before our Lord. The more things that we can put uh, before our Lord, not by our own merits, but through participating in the suffering of Christ, we can offer more up 
because uh, the way I like to see it is yeah that we are being tested I mean this mm. one life that we have is a testing ground for how we respond in different situations and I think um, uh, yeah you we can look back at things at the end of the week uh, mm. and be and say that look uh, I did uh, pass those little tests that God put in my way and God put people before me that may may not have brought me too much comfort but yeah, it definitely increased my holiness, as San Jose Maria says. Yeah. Uh, somebody that can annoy you can really help you grow in holiness and in patience. Yeah, and, and to see trials, tribulations, etc., to see them as a gift from yeah. God. And a, um, and you see that and if you do get some more significant trials in your life, well, you think, well, okay, you're in great company. You just read any of the lives of the saints, and there was their life was just a constant sort of one sacrifice, one challenge after another. And our Lord gives you these things, I, I believe, because he wants you to get closer to him. And he wants you to rely less on your own strength and more on his. That's absolutely a uh, very strong concepts mm. there for us. Um, it's absolutely relevant to probably uh, very relate, very much relate to what all our listeners probably experience in their everyday life. I mean, these are the challenges for 2019 mm. and our modern world today. I mean, we don't live anymore in uh, in the year of uh, where people were in villages and exactly. And um, it was a it was a, a bit more of a moral air, you know, mm. culturally speaking. I mean, always challenges were always with us in every society, but the extent that we have today, I mean, God's put us in this in this um, in this era for a reason. We have mm. to find practical ways to actually respond. Uh, in our workplace, so it's um, so our work can become prayer. Absolutely. And as Saint Jose Maria said, uh, three ways obviously is to remember Christ, um, uh, do it for Christ, and speak of Christ, which is part of uh, gets into the evangelization aspect. And it's um, yes, yeah, very powerful, very powerful stuff. And uh, just before we go, I was very excited to ask you this uh what role can catholic education play in helping people really sanctify their work especially in the school schooling system well i think it's a um, to really spread this message of growing holiness in our secular activities and yeah yeah and i think the um pretty much like as we sort of talked quite a bit on tonight mm-hmm. is just the idea of well to get across to the students the young people that holiness occurs where you are Yep. In what you're doing, and in what you're doing, yeah. We've talked a lot tonight about work, the importance mm-hmm. of work, finding God in the work. For young people, most of them are going to be students, yeah. And I know the chaplain at the school where I teach at, constantly telling uh, the young people, "You'll find God in your homework. <laughs> You'll find God there you go. by listening in class." Yeah. But I heard a great, uh, great quote one time. Is not just of, in this uh, radio. Exactly. It's, it's, no, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, a, a great, yeah. great, great quote one time. Sort of. Uh, yeah. Someone said, "Oh, it's the perennial question of how do I know what's God's will for me?" Yeah. And the priest gave a great answer. He said, "Just look at your timetable, and <laughs> there is God's will for you written down." Not my in, will. In front of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. I think that sums it up for this week. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in live here on the Voice of Charity Radio Network. As we here on the Catholic Toolbox help you and work with you to find practical solutions to live our Catholic faith in our modern world. Thank you very much, John, for having you this week. Till next week. God bless you all, and a happy Easter to everybody. God bless. In this era, 
of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth and live the faith and change our modern world today, live on The Voice of Charity. Yeah.